continue our series of lessons on the subject of justice tonight. Open your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 5 and the very famous verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. I'll connect later on the verse 18 with the subject of justice, and I think you'll see it very clearly later on in our Bible study. The 18th verse of Ephesians chapter 5, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I want you to notice there's no period after that, so it's still talking about spirit fullness. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, to the Lord. Notice there's no period after that, so it's still talking about spirit fullness. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice there's no period after that, so we're still talking about spirit fullness. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That's the, that's the text and also the title of my lesson tonight. Submitting yourselves one to another. And then it goes on and talks about that submission in verse number 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Chapter 6, there's a fellow in trouble. <laughs> Chapter 6 and verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Chapter 6 and verse 5. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. And, and so forth. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing... make one announcement tonight that I think you'll be glad to hear. I made mention Sunday that I was going to make several announcements as soon as the deacons met, and this one I don't have to wait till the deacons meet, because we have had some rather large gifts given to our church from various sources designated for the remodeling of this auditorium. We're not going to, by remodeling it I mean, we're going to put new carpet all over the auditorium, and uh, we're going to do all the thing, everything we need to 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 make the auditorium look better. We're going to put a screen over the base section of the choir. And uh, we, we think that'll help. So sometime during this summer, before, we, before a school starts, we will have new carpet and we'll repair all the pews and everything that needs to be repaired. And we're going to work on some restrooms around here and get those in good shape. And uh, so, uh, and in general, we're going to do some just some good cleaning up, painting up, carpeting up, and so forth, and uh, you'll be hearing more about it. And we may even have to meet in the Civic Center once or twice this summer. But uh, we're going to do what we can to, to pretty this auditorium up. And uh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i going to buy a toupee. I think that will help the beauty of the auditorium. And uh, so, uh, how's that? He said, for the race, they will need more lights then if we do. And uh, but, uh, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Well, let's see if we can get God back in this meeting, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the book. And thank you that the family's together and for the sweet spirit of our church and the wonderful, wonderful privilege of just coming and sort of hanging the burdens we have on the out in the hallway on the coat racks and coming in and just sort of uh, well, taking our shoes off in a certain sort of in a sense, and, and fellowshipping, and then uh, getting the book that our daddy wrote, and studying it, and reading the letter from home. 
Bless us as we study tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you'll think, uh, as you did last Wednesday night, you'll think we're going to review a little bit, and you will think as we first start that we're maybe giving some repetition. But I'm going to put a new emphasis tonight on the matter of justice. And um, I think before we get through, you'll see that as I lay the foundation of review for a while, that we will build on that and go way beyond that. I want you to take your Bibles again tonight and open to Deuteronomy chapter number one. The book of Deuteronomy chapter number one. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Deuteronomy chapter number one. In verse number 12, I want you to sit up straight, wake up, look right this way when I talk, and then we read the Bible with me, and let's see what we can learn tonight about the subject of justice. There's more, just, more injustice that goes on in fundamental churches than goes on in the Supreme Court of our land. We love to criticize the Supreme Court, and I think one of the most tragic things that the Supreme Court has ever done is, uh, is made it legal to burn the flag. And, but I, uh, but uh, we, we sure like to sit in judgment on the Supreme Court. And then we uh, ourselves judge on the basis of one person's testimony, somebody, and we judge unjustly uh, more so than the Supreme Court. And I doubt very seriously if there's any place in the entire world where injustice is practiced as, re- as, as rapidly and as often as readily as in the average Baptist church or the average independent fundamental Baptist church. And so I come tonight, in the last several weeks, this is probably my seventh or eighth Wednesday night, on the subject of justice in the Bible, I come to you on behalf of every person in the world who is prejudged. That's what the word prejudice means. You prejudge. You don't get get the two witnesses that give you the right to investigate, and then you don't investigate properly, and you judge on the basis of what somebody says, you believe something about somebody, and you prejudge. That's prejudice, prejudice, prejudice. And, uh, all right, look at verse number 12 as uh, Moses talks. How can I myself alone bear your cumbrance and your burden and your strife? Take you wise men and uh, and understanding and known among your tribes, and I will make them rulers over you. And ye answered me and said, The thing which thou hast spoken is good for us to do. So I took the chief of your tribes, wise men, and known, and made them heads over you. Captains over thousands, captains over hundreds, captains over fifties, captains over tens, and officers among your tribes. And I charged your judges at that time, saying, Hear the causes between your brethren, and judge righteously every man and his brother and the stranger that is with him. Ye shall not respect persons in judgment, but ye shall hear the small as well as the great. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of man. For the judgment is God's, and the cause is too hard for you. Bring it, uh, and, um, and the cause is too hard for you. Bring it unto me, and I will hear it. Now, I'm going to say tonight nine different things, and each is built upon those that come previously. The first thing I want to say is review. The, uh, these different areas are okay, and I'll give uh, ten things. First thing is. God has given different areas of judgment. Now, we discussed that before. God said to these fellows, he said to Moses, now Moses, he said, um, uh, some people can judge more than others. Some folks can bear a bigger responsibility than others. He said, I want you to take some men, put them over thousands. 
But there's some people couldn't, couldn't judge thousands. They don't have that much ability. He said, you put those over hundreds. But he said, some people couldn't judge hundreds. You put them over fifties. And some couldn't judge fifties. You put them over tens. And you let each person have the responsibility of judging in that area. So, God has given different areas. Now, the second thing I want to say is these different areas are as much a part of the law as the rules. Now, listen carefully to me. Listen carefully. These areas are as much a part of God's law as the laws themselves. Not only did God say, don't do this and do this, but God said there will be certain people given responsibilities over, each, over, over different areas, and they are to judge. Listen now, they are to judge those areas. Now, they said that the giving of these judges uh, is as much a part of the law as the rules they were supposed to keep. Don't forget that now. I'm going to get that in a few minutes. I said, number one, each person uh, or, or, or different people were given different areas. Some had a thousand, some had a hundred, some had fifty, some had ten. Now, uh, all right, and I've said before that these men were not to judge outside their own areas. The fellow who had this area right here could not judge this area here. The fellow had this area, could not judge this area over here. And the fellow had this area up here, could not judge this area or this area or this area here. It was not the business of anybody that was a judge to judge anything but his own area. Now, the next thing I want to say, number three, is this. God has given us areas today. God has given us several different areas. One is the home. And God has <coughs> said that the man in the home shall be the head of of the family. Now, look at me now. Please don't take notes. I want you to look at me carefully. I want you to follow me. I want your mind instead of your notebook. And I want you to follow me. I want, uh, there's something about getting it in your mind that you'll remember it better than if you get it on paper. All right? Uh, God has said, uh, you have, uh, Brother John, you have a family. And God has put a head over that family. Uh, Elaine. Um, and it's her job to judge that family. No. <coughs> It's your job to be head over your family. And Brother Ray has a family, and it's his job to be head over his family. Now, it's not your business what he does. It's not his business what you do. And it's not my business what you do in your home, except, the, the, except as I try to influence you in your home. So each of us has his own area. Not only do we have the home, but we have the church. But it's not the church's job. It's not my job as a pastor of this church to judge the home. And it's not your job as a head of your household, to judge my preaching. You see, a church has a pastor, a city has a mayor, a state has a governor, a country has a president, a home has a father, a team has a coach, a school has a principal, a class has a teacher, and everybody <coughs> pardon me, has his own area. Now, the same thing is true with business. You've got the home, you've got the church, you've got business. In fact, God in Ephesians chapter 5 and 6 mentions uh, masters or employers and their relationship with employees. So, somebody's in charge of a business, somebody's in charge of a home, somebody's in charge of a school, somebody's in charge of a church. So, you've got, you've got homes and churches and businesses and schools, and you've got the state. Now, everybody in this room has some little area where you're responsible to judge. Uh, if you're an adult, you have some little area. It may be that you teach a Sunday school class on Sunday morning. That is your little area to judge. Now, the class that meets in the room next to yours is not your responsibility. And you're not to judge the class next door. I don't mean out loud. You're not supposed to even make an opinion in your mind about the class next door. Because you've got all you can say grace over with the class you've got in your room, you see. 
So you're not supposed to even make a, a judgment call up here or in here about the class next door. You're not supposed to make a judgment call about the neighbor, the family next door. But because that, and you're not supposed to make a judgment call about the classroom next door if you're the teacher of a, of a, of a classroom. You're not even supposed to think what you would do. Your business is to think what you'll do inside the area where God has given you responsibility. These, these people that had areas of tens and fifties and hundreds and thousands, each had to confine himself to his own area. Now, in the Bible, when anybody gets outside his own area to judge, then, then that's what the Bible calls judging. Judge not, lest ye be not judged, the Bible says. What did he say? Is he saying a father should not? No. He's saying a father shouldn't care for somebody else's children. Is he saying a school teacher shouldn't um, make judgment calls about the pupils? No. He's saying the teacher shouldn't make judgment calls outside his own area of judgment. You see. Now, again, let me say, we're not talking about a verbal judgment. We're talking about mental judgment. You're not supposed to even say, I don't think he should have done that. Because it's not your business to judge that area. You may be right and he may be wrong, but that's not your jurisdiction. You see. So... Uh, um, then, then uh, all of us have areas where we judge. And God has given us responsibility. But our problems are when we get into areas that are none of our business. And the only area where you're supposed to judge is that area. Uh, for example, we have businessmen all over this room tonight. I do not judge those bus your businesses. Now, I may look at your business and I may think I can tell you how to, how, to, how to do it better. But I'm not supposed to do that. Because I've got all I can say grace over right here in the, in the area where God has given me responsibility. Look at me, young folks. Now, I'm simply saying that, that this is God's way. And we get in trouble when you get outside your own area where you're supposed to judge. Um, for example, the, the, um, let me say the, the fourth thing. None of these is over the other except for the three purposes of the state. Do you remember? There are three things that the state is supposed to do. Now, let me just review that just a bit for those of you uh, who uh, have not been here. The... Um, uh, a man has a right to protect three things. What's the first one? Talk to me. What's the first one? His person. Second is what? Property. Third is what? Freedom or liberty. We'll say freedom. All right. I have a perfect right to protect those three. But if I am in a society and we live in a certain, in, in, a, in an urban kind of, of a situation, then we get together and we choose people to protect our what? Person, our what? Property and our what? Our freedom. And so, what it is, we choose those from us that we employ to protect us, those three things. There's no other purpose of government originally in God's Word other than for to protect those three things. The purpose of the city of Hammond is to protect my person and protect my property and protect my freedom. And that's all. Now, you say, well, why, why is it against the law to go 35 mile, over 35 miles an hour down Calumet Street? Because that, that is protecting my person. And also my property. You see. So, so that's what the city of Hammond's supposed to do. No, they're never supposed to tell, to control anything about my life except to protect my person and my property and my freedom. Alright, now, follow me carefully. Other than that, none of these institutions is supposed to have any authority over the other. It is not the government's business what goes on in First Baptist Church of Hammond. Each of these little areas in the Bible is called a, a uh, oh, let's see, principality or power. Let me, let me make it a, an empire. Empire, is that word I want? Uh, yeah, let's call it an empire. Uh, each of these little areas is its own empire or its own country. 
and the church has, is supposed to run itself, and the home is supposed to run itself, and the government is supposed to protect us, and the business is supposed to run itself. It is not the church's business to run your home. We try to tell you how to run your home, but it's not our business to tell you. It is not our business to tell the, 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 the uh, how, do you, how to run your business. We tell you the principles of the Bible, but not how to run your business. And it's not anybody's business to tell. Okay, let me illustrate. I, I don't know if I told this or not, but, but, but if I haven't, uh, if I have, it's, it's worth telling again. The biggest department store in this area when I came was right over here. The, um, uh, the man that ran it was a member of this church. I think he was. His wife was. And he attended here faithfully. And his son was on our board of trustees. Now, this man was part, far and away, in my opinion, the most powerful man in the city of Hammond. He ran most everything he, he belonged to. He was a powerful man. One Sunday, his tithe here was $50,000. Did you hear what I said? One Sunday, his tithe alone was $50,000. That's one reason I said you can run the church if you want to. But now, wait a minute. The more, the more of these areas you run, the harder it is for you to be run in the area where you're supposed to be run. You follow me? The more power you have in the area that God's given you, the harder it is for you to submit to authority in the area where God, where, that God has, done, has not given you responsibility. So, uh, this fellow... He ran the Kiwanis Club, and he ran, I guess, the Masonic Lodge, and and, and, and he had most of the people of First Baptist Church scared death of it, except one, and that was the fellow behind the pulpit. But, but uh, so, uh, one night, uh, they had Mrs. Howes and I over to their house to eat. And you should have seen the food. I know what it was. They had flown it in from Europe. I mean, all the way from Europe. Polish sausage and other stuff. But anyway... Uh, Swedish meatballs and uh, and uh, French fries, <laughs> but anyway, ah, oh, that was a good one. <laughs> but anyway, um, all this stuff was, you know, it, it was uh, looked like the looked like the the program on an opera, and um, we sat there and ate while we were eating. The lady said, "Pastor, you plan to join the ministerial association." Why do you want to start a fight? Uh, I don't like start fights. I don't mind fighting when somebody starts one, and, I, and I, I'm qualified to do that, by the way. But anyway, they, uh, they, uh, she said, are you going to join the Ministerial Association? Well, good night. I was eating my meal, and it was, uh, it was an experience. And, and uh, I, I didn't, so I said, well, I haven't thought about it yet. She said, let's think about it now. Oh, so... I said, she said, are you going to join? I still didn't want to fight until after the meal was over. And I said, uh, I said, well, I'm going to join if it's fundamental. She said, it's not fundamental. Are you going to join? And I said, uh, I'll pray about it. She said, let's pray now. And over here to my right was the, was the husband who, who practically ran the town. Now, wait a minute. I don't think the guy was a bad man. But he had, some, he had an area over there where he was supposed to run. And then he had an area down at the Qantas Club or Lions Club or something where he was supposed to run. So he got in the habit of being in charge of every area where he was. So when he came to church, he could not feel that he could be under anybody. But the Bible says, I'll get that in a few minutes, it says submitting yourselves one to another. See, each in his own area submitting himself to the person in charge of that area. So uh, he, he pushed his chair back on the table. He said, answer my wife. Are you going to join the Ministerial Association or not? 
And I called him by his last name, and I said, uh, uh, sir, I said, uh, uh, if you ever need any advice about how to run your business over there at your department store, I said, if you'll call me and ask me, I'll give you advice. But I said, I'm not going to give you any advice until you call me. Now, I said, if I ever need any advice, how to be pastor of First Baptist Church of Hammond, I'll call you. But don't you advise me till your phone rings. We had an abbreviated meal that night. Our coats were given to us. We went home. Now, I don't think the guy was a bad man. He was a product of the fact that he had run everything that he was in. But, but there are areas where you're supposed to run, and there are areas where you're supposed to be run. You see, each person has his own area. For example, Brother uh, uh, Jim Jorgensen is vice president of Howes Anderson College. Brother Roy Moffat is in charge of the A-Bus ministry. Brother Moffat teaches at Howes Anderson College part-time. So when he teaches at Howes Anderson College, he submits himself to Jim Jorgensen, who is in charge of the curriculum at Howes Anderson College. But when Jim Jorgensen, who works on the bus ministry, the bus ministry goes to a bus meeting, he submits himself to Roy Moffat, who's in charge of the bus ministry. And that's God's plan. Submitting yourselves one to another. That's God's plan. That means that when, when he's in charge, he submits to him. When he's in charge, he submits to him. Now, you can't have a society with, one, uh, with different people trying to run another area. You have the area God has given to you. Your home, your Sunday school class, your children's choir, the church choir, the bus ministry, the grade school, a classroom. That's your responsibility. Most of the people who get mad and leave churches get mad because they did not get their way in an area that wasn't their business to judge. That's the whole trouble. If you'll stay in your area and judge in your area and outside your area, don't even make a judgment in your mind or in your heart. And pray for the person next door and he judge right in his area, then we'll have, you'll have a society that lives in peace. Now, that be, now, now follow me carefully. I've got to hurry because I've I got more stuff than time. Next statement, number five. Hear me carefully now. When I judge outside my area, I'm breaking the law. Did you hear what I said? The law not only is what we're supposed to keep, but how we're supposed to enforce it. That's part of the law. It is a part of the law of the city of Hammond that you're not supposed to drive 45 miles an hour down Calumet Street. It is also in the law of the city of Hammond that there are men who are employed to enforce that speed limit on Calumet Street, and both are part of the law. Now, if tonight I drive 40 miles, 45, 36 miles an hour down Calumet Street, I'm breaking the law. Is that right? But let's suppose that I go out tonight and paint a star on the side of my car. Suppose I get me a cap and a uniform on, and I see somebody going down Calumet Street going, 30, uh, going 40 miles an hour, and I pull them over the side and go, Hey, where do you think you're going? To a fire? I'm sorry, I'm a southerner. To a fire? That's why the wise men were southerners. Said they came from afar. But, but where do you think you're going? To a fire? Now, I'm breaking the law. Why am I breaking the law? I'm enforcing the law in an area where it's not my responsibility. Is that right? So I'm breaking Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. All right. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 10. I want you to notice this carefully. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Now look at me. He's talking here about judging. What is he saying? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Let me illustrate what I mean. I have in my billfold 
I went out to college today. I have in my billfold this. This is a pass into Howells Anderson College. Nobody can get in Howells Anderson College if the fellows who are discharged with responsibility do their job without a pass. Now, I'm the chancellor of the college. My name is on the, on the outside of the college. I founded the college. Well, it wasn't ever lost, but I started it. And, and, and I founded the college. Boy, it's amazing what you learn here. But, but today, okay, there's a student there. That student was standing at the entrance of that college. He had authority over me. I bet he wished he'd known it. <laughs> hey, I'm the chancellor of the college. But this student had been... That, his, what's his area? His area is to see to it that nobody gets to this door. And I never walk inside the door of Howells Anderson College without showing this. Never. I will not do it. Because that's the rule. And I keep the rule. What was I doing? I was submitting myself to authority. See? Now, once I got in, he submitted himself to me because it was my job, don't you see? Now, what I'm trying to say is keep your nose out of everybody else's cotton-picking business. Unless God has given you the right and responsibility to judge in that area. All right. Now, uh, let's go to... Have I read James yet? I just read one verse. Now, what did I... I know what I was going to say. You know, it helps when when you know what illustration is supposed to illustrate. I said that because what did I do when I walked up and handed this to that guard today? I humbled myself. I humbled myself and submitted myself to a young man who in practically every other area is under my jurisdiction and responsibility. In that case, I was under his area of responsibility. I submitted. I humbled myself. Okay, look at verse 10. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil of one another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother. Now, won't you listen to that? Won't you folks that don't believe in drinking liquor, why don't you read that too? Won't you folks that shout amen about somebody that, that, that cusses or, or goes to movies, why don't you read that, read that too and shout amen about that too? It says, speak not evil of one another. It says, speak not evil of one another. It says, speak not evil of one another. And that's a dirty, stinking, sorry, rotten, putrid, filthy sin for you to speak evil of somebody else. It's in the Bible. Because you've got your own sins that you don't commit that you think are bad. All right, let's go on further before I get mad. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judges his brother, hold it here, look at there, speaketh evil of the law. Why? If you get outside your area of responsibility to judge, if you go next door and make a judgment on the family next door, you speak evil of the law. Because the law says don't do wrong, and the law also gives certain people in certain areas the area of responsibility to judge that. And if you're outside your area of judging, you're speaking evil of the law because the law gives the right, gives, chooses the enforcers as well as giving the rules. Oh, that's good. All right, look at it again. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law. And judgeth the law. What you're saying is, that's not the way to do it, God. I'll trot myself down to the school and give, give a part of my piece, piece of my mind to that teacher. Well, you don't have a one piece. Don't give much of it. You don't have much to give. I'll give that teacher a piece of my mind. Now, what are you doing? 
you are speaking evil of the law because you're not the teacher in that classroom. And also, you are judging the law. You're saying, I don't like the law. I don't like God's authority. I don't like it because God's given a pastor authority in a church. I don't like it because God's given a man authority in his home. I don't like it because God has not made me over something that I'm not over. So you're speaking evil of the law and judging the law. Look here now. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to destroy who art thou that judgeth another. God, there's a difference in a lawgiver and an enforcer. Congress passes the laws. Congress does not enforce the law. God set up the system. And he has given each person certain areas of responsibility where he is supposed to judge in that system. When a person gets outside his area of responsibility and judges, he is speaking evil of the law. And, in fact, he's judging another because he himself is becoming God. He's setting himself as God. There's one lawgiver. One lawgiver. That's God. God said the boss should be in charge of business. The man in charge of his wife. The, uh, the uh, uh, parents in charge of the children. And uh, the, uh, uh, the pastor is the leader of the church. And, uh, and, and God has given each of us responsibilities. When we get outside our area of responsibility and begin to judge somebody else's area, what are we doing? We are judging another and we are becoming God and we're becoming idolaters falling at the, at the idol of self because we know more than God does about how to set up a society. No, you don't. No, you don't. All right. So I said... When I judge outside my own area, I am breaking the law. Because the law itself keeps me in my area. Folks, listen to me. We cannot have a society. Any society will break down. Unless we use God's appointed laws and God's appointed way of enforcement. But you say, Brother Hines, you think my teacher, my child is perfect? No, but I think you are. Who you think you are? I don't think there's a single school teacher that teaches in our, our school that doesn't know more about the classroom than the parents of the children. I don't think there's a single person in this room that knows more about a grade school than Mike Sisson does. I don't think there's a person in this room that knows more about a high school than Brother Weber, Greg Weber does. I don't think there's a person in this room that knows more about running the church than I do. So consequently, when we set ourselves up to get outside, and by the way, I'm as unqualified to run a kitchen as my wife is to run a church. I'm not going to look. There's no way I'm going to look. She's judging the law right now. Next thing I want to say quickly. I then put myself above the law over another or area or all other areas. Actually, I become God. Because I get outside the boundary of the area where God has given me jurisdiction. And I say God doesn't know what he's doing. 
and I become God. Next number. I have then become a judge when not appointed. I have then become a judge when not appointed. I have overruled God who gives the area to each judge and I have become a judge when not appointed. I told you about the time the day we went to court. Two of our men, two of our convicts. And, uh, and they had broken a, a law, but they were out soul winning and they did not realize they had broken the law. Went to court. Now there's a judge there who was appointed over that courtroom. But they had a recess. Now wait a minute. Had a recess. Suppose that I had gotten up during the recess and walked up behind the bench and said, Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. And better still, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. I said, I didn't like what that judge did. I don't like the decision he made. I make a motion all of us go to another courtroom. I'm going to move my courtmanship. Why don't you apply the same thing to your country? Why don't you change countries because you don't like Mr. All, all the Congress does? I got an idea. Why don't we pull out and start a new country? Because the Supreme Court says you, you, you can burn flags now. No, this is my country. I, I don't agree with it, but bless God, it's my country. And I'll live for it. If I need to be, I'll die for it. This is my church. I happen to love my church more than I love my country. It's my church. I'll live for it. I'll die for it. So what happens is I become a judge when not appointed. Next number. In areas outside those where I have divine right, I am simply to obey. Now let's go to our text verses. Turn back to Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 18. And be ye not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, that's God's command. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, I say, dear God, what does this Spiritfulness mean? How will it manifest itself? Now, look at me now. Look at it. Speaking to yourself. No, there's no period after the, verse 18. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. That's one evidence of being filled. Listen, listen to me now. Being filled with the Spirit. Spirit-filled people are happy people. Spirit-filled people are singing people. And they're spiritual songs. Not rock music, but spiritual songs. All right? But it goes on. Giving thanks always for all things unto God. I heard a fellow preacher the other day. said, says, in everything give thanks. But it also says right here, for everything give thanks. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. No period. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, you listen to me. For you to submit yourself... To someone whom you're over in another area is a part of being filled with the Spirit. It's an evidence of it. You go to, you go to school out there and say, I don't think George knows what he's doing. Under school. I agree with you, but he is, he's vice president of that school. And, and Jim Jorgensen knows more about curriculum than any other person in this room tonight. Consequently, you submit yourself to him. But you don't know the buses. Like he does. So you go to the bus meeting and you submit yourself to him. And if you decide you're going you're gonna, to, uh, uh, in your own heart, judge him, not necessarily out loud, judge him in your mind, in your heart. 
You're not submitting yourself to him. If you decide you're going to judge him, you're not submitting yourself to him. Everybody in this room tonight has an area where you are to judge. And you're to limit your judgment to that area. Then you also have an area where you are to follow. And you are to trust the judgment of God's appointed people in those areas. You say, they're, well, they're not always right, are they? No, but you don't know when they're wrong because you're as human as they are. And each person who's an expert in his own area will be right more times than people who are not experts in those areas. I make mistakes as pastoring this church, but I won't make as many as you would if you were a pastor. Your doctor makes mistakes about judging sometimes what's wrong with you, but he won't make as many mistakes as you will about judging what's wrong with yourself. So, a part of being filled with the Spirit is submitting yourselves one to another. Now, it says, children, obey your parents. But let's suppose that a a child grows up, hires his dad in a company he owns. His dad is supposed to submit himself to the son for whom he works. The son submits himself to his dad as his dad. The dad submits himself to the son as his boss. You teach a class in the school. You teach a child, um, um, and that, that child, teach, uh, you teach a child whose mother teaches your child in Sunday school. That make, that make sense? You, you school teachers have a child whom you, you teach. And your child is under, your, under the parent of the child you teach. I'm getting worse as I go along. You understand what I mean? Would somebody explain it to me? All right. What does it mean? You submit yourselves one to the other. You may teach your Sunday school class, have a child in, in your class, and the parent of that child may be in charge of your child in junior choir. So you submit yourself to each other. That's God's ordained plan. But every once in a while, you get some smart addict thinks he knows it all. He thinks he knows everything outside his own area. Truth is, he hasn't got enough sense to stay in his own area. He's smart, Alec. Know it all. It'll break down God's order of society. This is God's plan. And, and by the way, this is much, as much the law of God as thou shalt not steal. God's system of enforcing the law is as much a part of the law as the law itself. All right? So, that means that in areas outside those where I have divine right, I'm simply to... I... Drive out to the campus. We have security guards on campus. What's the, what's the speed limit on campus? Fifteen? Ten. Well, let's go to the next point here. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. But... I drive on campus. I see that speed limit says 10 miles an hour. Now, there, there are security guards on campus who are there to enforce that. Is that right? So what do I do? I drive 10 miles an hour. I don't say to myself, well, these stupid guys, they think they're going to arrest the chancellor. they got another thing coming. That's arrogance. It's arrogance. Arrogance for you to think you know more than somebody does who's been given by God the responsibility of another area. It's arrogance. So when I drive on campus, I mean this. I drive 10 miles an hour. You know why? I'm scared of the cops. And I hire the cops. I raise the money to pay the salary of the cops. 
Anytime I see a car that's got a shield or a star on the side of it, I don't care if I'm going three miles an hour, I jump down to two. I don't care. Now, why? When I drive on that campus, now listen to me, when I drive on that campus, I am under the jurisdiction of those security guards when I'm driving my car. That's their area of responsibility. Every once in a while, somebody will come in the office over here, office area over here. And they'll, we have, we have the guards there to protect the ladies from our staff. And those guards sit there at the door. And somebody will walk in disregard those guards. That's arrogance. Who do you think you are? Yeah, big deal. You're, yeah, it is a big deal, Buster. And you're not so hot and mighty that you don't have a, have a perfect uh, a right, I'm sorry, a, a, an obligation to obey that authority. You're a punk. And an idiot. And if I had a bigger vocabulary, you'd be something else, too. You're not as hot as you think you are. You think that the sun you think the sun comes up in the morning to hear you crow. In the areas outside where I those where I have the divine right, I am simply to obey, and the Bible said be humble. Not cocky, humble. Not a know it all, humble. And to obey. Next number. There are only two ways to avoid the law. Die or move out of the area. Now, follow me carefully. I'm going to digress a minute. You know, that's why I'm not under the law as far as God's concerned. Because I died. And by the way, I also moved out of the area. Let me read for you a verse. Not sure which one, but they're all good. Therefore, there's no... now. There is therefore now no condemnation in that in Christ Jesus. You walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus that made me free from the law of sin and death. I moved from one country to the other. I'm not in charge, not, not responsible for the old country's laws anymore. That's, that's as far as I'm not talking about the salvation and the law there. But God has placed me in my house. God has placed me in my country. God has placed me in my church. Listen to me now. And as whatever place God has placed me, in some area, I have been given the responsibility to judge. In some areas, I have not been given that responsibility. I am to judge in the areas where God has placed me. I am to be humble and obey in the areas where God has not placed me. The illustration, Jack Trevor's here tonight. There's a law in the state of California that if a pedestrian's coming across the street, the car's got to stop, right? That's the law. You don't see it here. Brother, you just take your life in your own hands here. But it's a strange thing. You go to California, get off, get off there at the airport. I preach there tomorrow night, and and, uh, and and get off the airport, walk out to the to the to the curb, and I'm waiting for the cars to come by like I do here, and usually wait about 25, 30 minutes. But the cars stop. So long, well, that's the state of California. Now you stay out there a few days and come back here. You'll never go anywhere again. Why? Because you're outside the jurisdiction of that state. But as long as you're in the jurisdiction of any area, you're under the authority that God has placed in that area. 
you teenagers, young people, as long as you are eating at your parents' table, living in their house, wearing their clothes, then you are not in charge. They're in charge. That's their area. And until you get your own home, you don't have your own area. That means this. That means that we are to be humble in areas outside our own area. God's Holy Spirit has written a book. And that book tells us that we're to submit ourselves or be submitted to according to the area of responsibility God has given us. This church has over 800 Sunday school classes. Over 800. Now, each one of those teachers is responsible for that class. This church probably has, I'm going to throw a wild guess out, you take all the classes, that are, now follow me carefully, all the courses that are taught in all of our schools, this church probably has 2,000 different little areas where somebody is responsible. Now, if you would just not allow yourself to judge the junior choir director because you're the primary choir director, but you take care of the primary choir. And as sure as I say this, there's been a friction between the junior director and the primary. And I don't, right now, I don't know who, who has each, each choir. But I'll know after the service. <laughs> but you, you can't operate anything. You can't operate a country. You can't operate a school. You can't operate a church. Unless you do it God's way. And God's way is have different areas of society. Now, some people can only be responsible for one child. I know some women can have, I know one woman in Texas had 21 children. Remember our church? When they joined, we didn't have to go soul winning for weeks because our quota was filled for that for a while. Now, uh, most of you ladies give you 21 kids and you'd commit suicide. You'd, you'd pour gasoline over all of them and burn them. But this lady could. See, but I want to tell you something. We had members all over that church that knew how this lady ought to rear her children. While they were trying to track down their one. Shall we stand, please? <laughs>